know what Brother Carson has for us, uh, but I want him to come and just jump in the middle uh, of the flow. Uh, I want him to just come and jump in the middle. Uh, lift your hands. Uh, give God the glory. Come on and give me praise. Come on and give God praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Woo! Tell your neighbors, hey, I come to get mine. Or tell them like you mean it, say, I come to get mine. Tell them, say, now don't get in my way. Don't get in my way. Ah. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody ought to shout hallelujah right now. Thank you, Jesus. You can't be confused or dismayed when God zigzags you through ziklag. That was all part of teaching David. I'm still with you. I still got you. If you read that story, they was all crying about what they lost. They were even ready to kill the man of God. They were even ready to take David out. But sometimes you got to take inventory of the evidence. There was a lot of fire and smoke and a lot of destruction, but there wasn't no bodies. And in any war, there's always going to be some bodies. And I don't know who it was that stopped and said, wait a minute. We crying and we're booing and we're mad at each other. But where's my wife and where's my kids? I don't see no bodies. And all of a sudden, hope started coming. And somebody said, I think I need to inquire of the Lord. And when David inquired of the Lord, the Bible said, God said, yeah, it's still there. You just got to go get it. Don't let the destruction around you intimidate you from seeing the stuff that the devil has hidden from you. It may be in hiding, uh, but if you'll go in the spirit, uh, God will show you where it's at. And you can take it by force. me out brother Judah I'm sorry I'm struggling I'm struggling with my voice and I really wanted to preach a little bit better this morning but my voice was was hindering me but I'm gonna tell you what I feel in the Holy Ghost God is fixing to do something so supernatural in this church I know that God has 
given me prophetic words before and I know when he's given them to me now and I know what I feel in the Holy Ghost for this assembly I'm telling you that what you have seen up to this point and it has been a short season with Pastor Williams but there's a lot of seed in the ground and there's a lot of prayers that's been made over the years in this area but I'm going to tell you, God's fixing to do something so much bigger than what you've seen up to this point. I saw some people walking in the balcony and claiming some territory in the balcony. And I'm going to tell you, in the Holy Ghost, every now and then you just need to look up there and start shaking hands with folks in the balcony. Because God is fixing to do a work that's bigger than what you've seen in the last four to six years. Hear me. Hallelujah. I don't, I, don't, I don't do what I do lightly. And uh, I take it with a lot of seriousness. But I, I was woken, awakened this morning about 6 o'clock. And the Spirit of the Lord is, was speaking to me and, and has been for several days for this church. And I, so I'm, like all preachers do, you know, we, what, what, we want, what we say or what we feel to say, we want it to be, sound good and we want it, the delivery to be right. And we want it to be catchy, and we want it to be hip, and we want it all, you know, all of that. At least I do. And so I, I'm like, okay, God, I need, I need you to give me a title. I need you to tell me what I'm supposed to say. That it's, I'm loving what you're telling me. I didn't know what y'all's theme was. But the Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to talk to them about that they are unstoppable. <laughs> unstoppable. Spiritually, Pastor and I, was, we were talking about this a day. Spiritually, there have been some things that have come to try to stop us. There are things that have come into our world that has tried to shut us down. To, we're hearing words like shut in. But I'm going to tell you, the church of the living God is unstoppable. This theme is not an accident, but God is fixing to do something through us as the people of God that have remained strong and remained vigilant. I, I, I saw Pastor Williams, and I, I don't minister to ministers lightly, but I saw Pastor Williams, I saw you, I saw you weeping in a season that you just came through. And God said that season because he passed that test. God was fixing to do something so big and so great with you and Sister Williams beyond what you've ever dreamed of up to this point. God is fixing to elevate you to a new dimension of anointing and power and revelation than you've ever seen in the name of Jesus. Lay it on them, Father, by the power of your spirit. Do it, God. Do it. Let, stretch forth your hand to your pastor and his wife right now. God, I want you to take my man of God to a new level of anointing a new dimension of power the weariness and the heaviness that the enemy tried to put upon you is being lifted off of you and a fresh anointing of revelation a fresh anointing of faith is coming on you hallelujah Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Somebody praise him right now. 
Somebody praise him. I also saw, Pastor Williams, a new level financially. Because God said, I've been testing him with money. I said, am I supposed to tell him? And he said, tell him. And God said, you passed the test with money. And he said, now I'm going to put it into him because he's going to do the right thing with it. Now, some of you ought to rejoice because you're under the covering of this man of God. And the blessing that falls upon them flows into your life, into your home, and into your family, into your business. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Brother Leo, I've ministered to you before, but I'm going to tell you what I saw in the Holy Ghost this morning. God's fixing to take you to a whole nother level financially. I saw a man step into your life that you don't know right now. He's going to step into your life, and that partnership is going to take business things and financial things to a whole nother level for you because God said, I can trust that man. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. God's setting this place up. I said, God is setting this place up. And we're unstoppable. I said, we're unstoppable. Hallelujah. I give honor tonight to my family. My wonderful wife is a greatly anointed of God. And I thank God for her and honor her today. I promise you that I would not be where I'm at today if it wasn't for my wife. And uh, I appreciate her dedication. She is truly a Christian. And I thank God for her strength, her prayer life, her dedication, her sacrifice through these years. I'm a 30-year evangelist vet. I've got over a million miles on me. But I still have my hair and I have very little gray because I do not pastor. I love all of you. And I'm so thankful for what the Lord has done. And I am so honored to be here. And uh, I wandered in here a couple of years ago on a Tuesday night. And uh, Brother Williams and Sister Williams just opened their arms to us. And uh, you never forget when people are kind to you. And uh, they were so very kind and invited us to come. And I think the first year we was here, we stayed about the whole month of April, I believe, that year. And God just did great things and knit our hearts together. And it's a joy to be here. You have your Bible, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And uh, Brother Williams is really hard to follow. And uh, I told him I, this morning, I said, I, I can't do it like you I want to but I don't have the tune or the ear for it so every now and then I just have to get him to go oh and my wife I try to do it at the house he says I, 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 you're having a hard enough time preaching honey praise God that's a joke you were supposed to laugh about that hallelujah and I'm, I'm thrilled and honored to have my son He's not only my son, but he's my son in the gospel. God's using him greatly as he's evangelizing also. And my daughter Ashley, who the hand of God is on and has great favor and knows everybody in Pentecost. 
and I thank God for that. And then God is sending us a wonderful young lady, Sister Danielise, and I thank God for her today. Second Corinthians chapter 4. If you'll help me, and I'll try my best to deliver what I feel like the Lord spoke to me. And, uh, and then we'll dance a little bit more, because I kind of like that. Now, I'm country as cornbread. I've eaten enough beans and taters to fill a Walmart. And, uh, but I can two-step with the best of them. Hallelujah. And uh, so we're going to, by the help of the Lord, y'all stay close because I preach better with a little bit of noise behind me, praise God. <clears throat> and I'll try not to mess y'all up because y'all are just awesome. And I was thinking back about these young men and, and all the musicians and the singers. Man, what a joy to be in the family of God with such talented, anointed people. And... Um, you know, worshipers and praise teams, you can tell the difference in those that are talented and those that are anointed. Because the difference is, is people that are anointed, they prepare their sacrifice before they come. And from the choir and the singing, it's just, you guys do everything right, and I thank God for it. Second Corinthians chapter 4, beginning at verse 8 says we are troubled on every side can anybody in this room relate to that I just got to make sure I'm at the right church we are troubled on every side yet not distressed we are perplexed but not in despair we're persecuted but we're not forsaken. We're cast down, but not destroyed. Because we are unstoppable. Unstoppable. Why don't you lay your Bible down and just clap your hands and lift your voice as loud as you can and give God thanks hallelujah God bless you you may be seated do you ever wonder why there is such a battle you know I, I thought that if I prayed enough if I sacrificed enough if I got close enough to God, life would get easier. I sincerely believe that. But living for God as long as I have, I understand it's not quite that rosy. That's a fantasy world. That's a mystical world. Why is there such a battle? A struggle, if you will. An all-out fight. Now, if it's not a 
you're not in that. I mean, I hear some people, they, they don't never go through anything. Those are other people that I'm allergic to. I set them beside the stupid folks. I can't relate to them. They never have any devils. They never fight any problems. There's never any battles. I fight in my sleep. I got demons tormenting me when I'm not even conscious. So I don't relate to people that don't understand battle or fighting. Now listen, I was a lover growing up, not a fighter. Is it okay? I would soon friendship my way out of trouble, love my way through life, then fight. I didn't really have that fight mentality. However, I wasn't one that was going to put up with stuff too long because I had a fuse that was short. It's a little longer now. But it was real short then. And I didn't want to fight you, but if you got up in my space and you violated some of my rules or principles of life, then the fight was coming. Some of you, y'all like fighting. I'm not going to mention no names. See, Jacob was fighting in the womb. He was trying to position himself in a womb. And, and so you got to understand different types of people. But why are we in such a spiritual struggle? Pressure. Why? Why so much pressure? Why, why is there so much disappointment, pain, adversity? The writer says in Psalms chapter 8, verse 3 and 4, When I consider thy heavens and the works of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him? Why is there such a battle for us? I don't see the birds fighting. Sparrows get what they want. The robins get what they want. The cardinals get what they want. He just takes care of them. But what is man? What is it about us that there is such a struggle? A, an intensity that you is palpable. You can see it. You can feel it. it. It moves you. It keeps you awake at night. And so David is wrestling with this. What is man that you are mindful that you think about him, that your mind is full of him. Your mind is consumed by him. Mindful. 
Your mind is occupied by us humans. Why is your mind after the universe and all of the stars and the planets, but you chose us to think about? 144 of Psalms says, Lord, what is man that thou takest knowledge of him, or the son of man that thou even makest an account of him? Keeping records of us. What is this all about, God? God began to deal with me a few weeks ago. And God began to speak to me that we are God's delight. I preached a little bit about how God delights in mercy. But God began to deal with me a little further. And he said, you have to understand, I don't just delight in mercy. But the reason why I delight in mercy is it affects you as an individual. And I am interested in you. I'm interested in your struggle. I'm interested in your problem. I'm interested in your family. I'm interested in your marriage. I'm interested in your kids. You are my delight. You are God's greatest treasure. You are the finality of everything he created. Uh, he said, that's good. Uh, that's good. That's good. But this, uh, this is my image. Uh, this is my likeness. Uh, this is my nature. I'm going to breathe into him my very nature. You are God's masterpiece. There is a reason why there is a struggle. Because you are the apple of his eye. See, the garden was a place of perfect peace and perfect harmony. Matter of fact, I believe that Adam was so much like God that the enemy said, I'm going to go after her. I can't get God, but I'm going to get the closest thing to God. And I believe he looked like God. He walked like God. He talked like God. He had dominion like God had dominion. He subdued everything. And so when sin came, the Bible says God shows up in the garden just like normal. Because God's not intimidated by your mistakes. Can I help somebody in this room right now? God is not bothered because you fell down. I promise you, he always just keeps showing up, saying, I'm not worried about that. I've got blood for that. I've got mercy for that. I've got grace for that. Come on. Come on. Come on. Sin never stopped God from showing up at the garden. And God shows up at the garden. And watch what he says. Adam, where art thou? Now, i got to ask you a question. Can God lose anything? He's all-knowing. The reason why he says, where art thou? is Adam didn't look like what he left him. 
And when you step out of your realm of dominion and your realm of authority and you allow Satan to taint you, you no longer reflect what God created and destined you to be. And even God don't recognize you. And Adam said, hey, here I am. God said, what happened? See, God's intention was for them to be in dominion and authority. And the devil knows it. And so he is trying to destroy the thing that has dominion. See, the Bible said when Satan was cast out of heaven, he became the prince of the power of the air. This is the only place I know of that's got air that you can live in. So he's taken up domain in our territory. That's why the church of the living God intimidates the devil because we move out of his kingdom uh, and we move into the kingdom of God uh, and we start taking back uh, what belongs to us. Uh, this is our place. Uh, this is my planet. Uh, this is my blessing. Uh, this is my overflow. Uh, this is my healing. So the enemy's job and tactic is to try to keep you from stepping back into that position. So David got, he started getting a revelation. First Chronicles chapter 28, 4. I've never heard anybody preach this, but man, when I discovered this, I was like, I could hear the Holy Ghost talk. Really churning something in my spirit. David says in 1 Chronicles 28, 4. Howbeit the Lord God of Israel chose me before all the house of my father to be king over Israel forever. For he hath chosen Judah to be the ruler. And of the house of Judah, the house of my father. And among the sons of my father, he liked me. He liked me. Turn to your neighbor and say, pretty good when God likes you. Now, if you can figure out how to get God to like you, he'll make you king. Pastor Williams, if we want to learn to be kings and priests, we just got to get God to like us. And if God likes us, we become unstoppable. If God falls in love with you, if you get a revelation uh, that nothing you do, nothing you say, nowhere you go stops God from liking you. Stay with me. I'm going to try to help you. Some of you haven't got it yet. If you could get God to like you, you can do a whole bunch of crazy stuff. I like the story of David because it's pretty real. This is a guy after God's own heart, and he's got a lot of stuff going on. And yet he writes that God likes me. See, he had a revelation. 
2 Samuel 22:20. He brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. He didn't deliver me because I was good. He didn't deliver me because I had it all together. He delivered me just because he liked me. If you ever get the revelation that God likes you, that God wants good things for you, that God wants to bless you, that God wants you to overcome. I'm going to tell you, you become an unstoppable force uh, because you realize there's no devil in hell. There's no problems. There's no situation. Woo. So David said he chose me because he liked me. His own father didn't choose him. I mean, you got the prophet showing up saying, I need to see the boys. David never calls him out. Now, I have an opinion. Are we allowed to give an opinion? Is that okay? Brother Williams has straightened it all out. But I think there was a skeleton in the closet. Now, I know we use the scripture that all of us are formed in sin and shaped in iniquity. But I think that was revealing about David's father. That's just a thought. You don't have to preach that. That's, I'm just telling you, it's me. It's Steve Carson commentary. I think it was a skeleton in the closet. And so if the prophet's showing up, that's the guy you don't want to bring out. Because he was born in sin, shaping in iniquity. And if you believe in generational curses, there was a spirit of infidelity in the family. And so what David's daddy didn't handle ended up affecting David. And what David didn't handle affected his children. And it always gets worse from one generation to the next. And it always gets weirder. So what you don't conquer in your life, your children will have to battle. Which is why you need to get a revelation that I don't need to be playing with this spirit. Uh, I need to handle it uh, because I don't want my boy. I don't want my grandkids. I don't want my, come on somebody, uh, I got to handle it. Uh, I got to take authority over it. Uh, I got to beat it. There, there was, a, there was a, a law that said that no bastard was allowed in the house of God. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let's go to the house of the Lord. Somewhere along the line, David got invited to the house of the Lord. The Bible said it was 10 generations before they were allowed back into the house of the Lord. You go look at Israel when it went out doing what it did. God called it a whoring after other false gods. It was 400 years, 10 generations before God showed up and allowed his presence back in their life. But when David got the opportunity, he understood what the Word of God said. That's why David was a worshiper, because he didn't take it for granted uh, that he was allowed uh, to be able to worship in the presence of God. 
See, David didn't wait until he built the temple. He didn't wait until he could get in while he was tending sheep and nobody's watching. David was a worshiper. And he realized God likes me. He likes me. The word like here means to be pleased with, to be satisfied, to satisfy a debt. I need some folks to like me, to be accepted, to set your affections on, to have approval of, to enjoy. I want God to enjoy being around me. I want God to have pleasure when he and I start talking. I want God to get excited. I got any real people in the house. You ever have that one person call you and you go, oh, God. You ever see that car pull up in the driveway and you're like, Jesus, have mercy. Oh, you kids, sit down. Be quiet. Turn the lights out. You folks that's living up in a trailer house here. I heard y'all in there. Because some, some people are not a pleasure to be around. But I want God to enjoy being with me as much as I enjoy being with him. Hey, I'm trying to hurry. I just want to help somebody tonight. See, when you get the favor of the king, you get life. Give an example. Esther, the whole book of Esther is about the church. It's about being accepted with the king. It's about wrong place, wrong time, bad situation, but the king you find favor in. The Bible says in Esther 2 and 14, except the king delighted in her, that she was called by name. Because when the king delights in you, you obtain his favor. In 2 and 17, the king loved Esther above all the other women, and she obtained grace and favor. 5 and 2 said she had favor, and the scepter was held out to her. 7 and 3 says the favor was given to her, spared her life and the life of her people. 8 and 5 said it was the favor that reverses the curse that was on you and puts it on your enemy. What was fixing to take you out what was fixing to destroy you uh, is fixing to be turned uh, because the favor of the king steps in and says, I don't think so. See, that's why you can't help but praise him uh, when you understand uh, you've been given the favor of the king. Woo! So this is the revelation. And we're fixing to dance in just a minute. Tell your neighbor, say, you might want to give me a little room. Because I'm fixing to lose my mind up in here in a minute. See, some of you 
I've been so stressed out because of the pressure, because of the trouble, because of all the hell and the chaos. But you need to understand that the hell and the chaos came because you are marked for greatness. The reason why the trouble showed up is because God put a mark on you and said, I'm fixing to do something great with the Rock Church. I'm fixing to take that family right there and I'm fixing to make them a world changer. I'm fixing to make them uh, somebody that hell uh, is afraid of. The reason why the adversary's been after you is because you're actually a hell raiser. To raise, R-A-Z-E, means that you tear down some stuff that you demolish. See, you are a hell raiser and the enemy is intimidated by your faith. He's intimidated by your kind of worship that goes on. He's intimidated by your audacious faith. Uh, he's intimidated by your street ministry. He's intimidated by your outreach. Uh, he's intimidated by your aggressiveness uh, and he's afraid uh, that you are going to raise hell uh, and take down and demolish and level his kingdom. Tell your neighbor, say, I know you think you know me, but tell him, say, I'm a demon chaser. Tell him, I'm a hell raiser. I'm a, I'm a kingdom shaker. Yes, sir. Hey, tell them I'm a miracle maker right here. Hey, we, listen, we need to get over this stuff. We know we don't do it. We got that. This ain't about us. But we are the conduit that the miracle flows through. And when we pray the prayer of faith, we become miracle makers. You can walk through your neighborhood and create a miracle in that neighborhood. You can create a Bible study. You can create a church in that neighborhood because you've got miracle power. Woo. The devil's intimidated because we shall. We shall do exploits. See, I talked to you a little bit this morning about knowing. See, knowing causes you to act. We're in South Florida, and so if we know the hurricane's coming, we put boards on the windows, we get enough gas in the car, get the generator going, the water, still can't get toilet paper, but, you know, we know all them people have been hoarding it, and we can hit them up. We know where they live. We got your name. 
But what you know causes you to act. People that have no action is because they don't know nothing. I'm not trying to be rude to anybody. But active churches are people that have a knowledge of God and who they are. And so David writes and says in Psalms 56 and 9, this I know, God is for me. That may not affect you, but he likes me. And this I know, he's on my side. You might not like me, but God likes me. And if God likes me, I'll own this business. I said, if God likes me, you'll be working for me instead of me working for you. Woo. When God likes you, David said, I know he's for me. <laughs> what you know about God should cause you to act in faith, not fear. See, I know he's for me. And because sickness may come, I got a healer. Pandemic may come, but I got a protector. Hey, the Bible says there's some things that we can claim and we can lay hold of. Hey, if it's your time to go, baby, you'll get struck by lightning if that's the way it's going to be. You can't be fearful. You can't be dismayed. He is the health of my countenance. See, when you're on bondage, knowledge tells you he's a deliverer. When you're lost, you know that he's a way maker. When you're a sinner and you're messed up, you say, I know he's a savior and he's on my side uh, and he's for me and he loves me and he wants to help me. And that makes me unstoppable. <laughs> Moses and Jesus. They had a hit list on them when they were babies. Now, you are intimidating folks when you're a baby and they put the mob out on you. I got a question for you. Who's afraid of who? You got the prophet and his servant. They're in the tent. And a mighty host gathers around them. I got a question for you. Who's intimidated by who? The man of God said, what are you worried about? God opened his eyes so he can see. In other words, give him understanding. You're on my side. You like me. You got my, I've gotten favored by God. I don't have to, and when he went out, there was a mighty host of angels. You ain't got to fear. God's on your side. Honey, if you get God on your side, who can be against you? But when I, when I, when the Lord spoke that to me about them having a hit list when they were babies, the Lord spoke to me and said, I just want you to know it starts early. 
I said, what do you mean it starts early? He said, the attack of the enemy starts early. And some of you had started way before you got in church. When you were a kid. See, you've got to, you've got to get the understanding of that. But understanding and knowledge liberates you. And the reason why there's been such a fight is the enemy was trying to stop you from getting to this place. And so he made sure that even from a child that things were out to kill you. Now, I don't know. I was a baby. But my mom and dad said that I nearly died of pneumonia as a baby. That was the enemy then trying to stop me from getting to Fort Myers There was things that attacked me in my teenage years. There was addictions that got on me. And there were situations in my flesh that I was having a hard time with. Young men, I'm here to tell you, you can beat anything if you make up your mind. I'm going to serve the Lord. I don't care how much filth and how much junk is being thrown at you. You can make a difference. You don't have to be a statistic. But when you look back, you understand those things were there to try to destroy me. They were trying to abort what God had put in motion. And so it starts early. And it works on your self-esteem. Because if you come out too confident. You're really going to be a threat to the adversary. I have, I have been accused of being arrogant at times. But what some people say is arrogance, other people would call confidence. It's all a matter of viewpoint. Because when you know what you know, you just can't help yourself. It's not arrogance when you know what you know. I know red is red. You can try to brainwash me all you want to, but you ain't going to change my view on that. I still know that you got to be born again of the water and the spirit. That's not changeable. I know it. But as much as I know about salvation, I know that God is a healer and that God wants to work a miracle and that God wants to turn it around and God wants to bless you and God wants to liberate you. And so he starts real early to try to mess with your self-esteem. He makes sure the right people leave and the wrong people stay. Early. He makes sure the right words are spoken and the other good words are left unspoken. But I've come in the middle of your mess to give you a message. God likes you. 
And the reason why trouble has come is God likes you. That's why there's been so many tears in your life. That's why there's been so many broken promises. The enemy has been trying to destroy you because he knows God likes you and you have the favor of the Lord on you. That's why it made sure that your family ended up busted. That's why he made sure that abuses came. That's why he made sure that you got the wrong teacher to tell you a bunch of lies uh, and to tell you you was no good. Uh, that's why he made sure that you had this in your life and you had that in your life to try to wear you down. Come on, the Holy Ghost is talking to somebody right now. Somewhere, David realized, my father may not approve of me. My own brother says, I know you, the naughtiness of your heart. I know your pride. Why are you here in the battle? You're but a youth. We only left you with a few sheep. You can't even handle the whole flock. got to watch family. I'm going to preach it even though it's not popular. You got to watch family. I'm going to tell you something. There's something wrong with a spirit that don't want you to succeed and get above where they're at. There's something wrong with a spirit that wants to tear you down and keep you locked up and not be blessed and not overcome. Hey, misery loves company. And just because they're miserable don't mean you have to be miserable. You've been brought to the kingdom for such a time as this. You've got favor and God likes you. Tell your neighbor, he likes me. And so David somewhere realized that God was on his side and that God liked him. And the only way to explain how he got where he was at was to say, God did it. My daddy didn't make no phone calls. My brothers didn't open no doors for me. It wasn't my good looks and my personality. No, but God opened that door. And God got me in the building. And God made me the king. Uh, it wasn't because I knew the right people. It was because uh, I had the favor of God. Uh, and that made David unstoppable. I need some apostolics to believe. Uh, you did not get here by yourself. Uh, you got in here because God uh, put his hand on you and called you and snatched you and brought you out of darkness. Woo! I didn't get here by myself, but God made a way. I said God made a way. When I couldn't find the door, he became the door. 
It was God that pushed back your enemy. It was not you. It was not your strength. Uh, it was not how cute you was. That's why you better not come up in this house uh, acting like you got it all together. You got to know it was God. I said it was God. It was God. It was God that pushed back my enemy. It was God that rode the waters back. Uh, it was God that kept me. It was God that blessed me. Uh, it was God that sustained me. And if God be for me, uh, who can be against me? I said, if God be for me, uh, who can be against me? Uh, there's no devil. There's no problem. Uh, there's no. There's no situation uh, that can keep me from being blessed of God. your neighbor and say I'm unstoppable. Can I tell you just a little bit more? The woman at the well, Jesus said to her, if you knew, if you knew who was asking you, you'd be asking me. Because knowledge is power. And knowledge is liberating. And truth is what liberates you and brings you out. And the Bible said because of the saying of this woman, all of the city began to come to hear Jesus. But by the time you get to Acts chapter 8, you got a Simon in the city. Because anytime the enemy sees the hand of God upon something, he always sends Simon. And the reason why some of you have been under the curse uh, and under the, the spell uh, and under the, the, the junk that the adversaries put on you uh, is because uh, he sent a Simon into your life uh, to try to stop uh, what God started uh, the day you met him at the well. But I've got good news for you. Simon the sorcerer couldn't stop the move of God uh, because right in the middle of it, the Bible said a long time uh, he had bewitched them uh, with sorcery. But I've come to tell you God knows how to send you a Philip, uh, a messenger in the middle of a mess. Uh, and Simon the sorcerer could not stop a move of God. Uh, and I don't care what demonic spirit uh, has been coming against your family. Uh, you are unstoppable. The Bible says they gave heed to the preaching of Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did in a bewitched city. Under the spell of the adversary, but signs and wonders and miracles still happen because it's unstoppable. Listen, we are an unstoppable force, and the devil is having a nervous breakdown because he knows. The Bible said those that were taken with palsy, 
that's an uncontrollable shaking. Sometimes things get in your life, it's uncontrollable. God, I don't know what to do. God said, don't worry. I'm going to send a preacher right in the middle of that shaky time in your life. And he's going to speak uh, until it's a calm. Uh, until there's peace. Uh, until the storm rolls back. Uh, because you are unstoppable. And the problem is not big enough to stop your God. Somebody ought to give him praise right now. The Bible says that there was great joy in that city. Why was there great joy? There had been great bondage. I can always tell the folks in the church uh, who were bound by all kind of stuff because they always the first one uh, to get out in the aisle because they know if it had not have been for the Lord. Do I got any people that remember? Do I got any folks that remember what Jesus did? Do I got any folks that remember the night he found you? Then he wrapped his loving arms around you. Do you remember when he pulled you out of the miry clay? Set your foot on a rock to stay. And so David says, he liked me. And my life experiences, my troubles, my life and death situations taught me that he's on my side. He says, I fought a lion and I won. I fought a bear and I won. Look at me, I'm not that big, I'm not that strong. So I must have had some favor with me. And so now that I'm facing the biggest problem of my life and Goliath is staring at me, it's my past trouble and my past pain uh, and my past hardship that tells me I'm not here by myself. Uh, I'm not going on my own. Uh, I've got a God that's walking with me. Uh, and so today, I'm serving the adversary notice. Uh, off with your head. Uh, I'm taking it back. Uh, I'm getting what's mine. Uh, you've had me down long enough. Uh, you had me in the mully grubs long enough. Uh, I've come uh, to get my praise back uh, because I am unstoppable. Come on, lift up your voice right now. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. If you know it was the Lord that was on your side. You ought to take about five minutes and give God your best praise because he did it. I said he did it. I said he did it. Come on, you ought to preach. Give you 